Hi, this is James Jokum, host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews, and tonight we're talking genre. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. One of the first things you need to establish before you really get into writing your comic is that of the genre. That is, what general heading does your comic fall under? Now, before we get going hot and heavy, first off, keep in mind, I'm not going to be all-inclusive. I'm not going to look at every possible genre because that's pretty much going to get ridiculous really quick. Plus, there's a lot of subtleties, blah, 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 that when it comes down to it, you know, we'll be, you'll get the gist of why I'm going to limit it to the genres I have because, well, they're the most common, plus they're pretty much easy to find. So, when we start having fun with genres... This is essentially what we're looking at. We're looking at, does it in and of itself differentiate itself from other types of genres? And, you know, how unique is it in its, in its purest possible form? We'll be looking at what makes up that genre, plus in some cases, how it's different from similar genres. We'll be also looking at uh, what I'm going to call modifiers, or genre modifiers here. In essence, even though they can be common to any genre, nonetheless it helps to, well, sort of sit back and look at what those modifiers really are, you know. But, I'll probably start off with that, but here's something to consider before we get going into genres. Keep in mind you can mix and match pretty much as you want. In other words, just because I'll be looking at science fiction, western, or horror, doesn't necessarily mean that you can't combine into, you know, make a science fiction western horror. There's actually some pretty good comics that actually, strangely enough, do exactly that. And you understand a little bit more where you're going on it. So, but before we get going, let's look at how this can actually help you. Um, obviously, this is going to help when you start focusing on, because each genre has its own various elements that are important. And by focusing in on those particular elements, you can actually come through with some really great stories. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be wanting to limit yourself to just stories that cover that particular genre. But, you know, that genre can be used as a really great basis because some of the genres have some intrinsic stories to them. Fantasy, for example, you always have the good versus evil. Science fiction, there's always a question of, you know, how far can technology go before it gets way ahead of the culture of the people who developed it. And with horror, well, there's just a little bit, you know, should certain areas of research be suppressed for the good of humanity. So, you can actually limit yourself to a certain degree by taking on dramas, but don't feel that you are limited to just basically taking on that particular genre. You're, I mean, in all honesty, you're going to see a lot of weird combinations. I mean, consider Star Trek the original series. <laughs> Even though ostensibly a space opera, you also have a lot of Western elements in there as well. I mean, the thing was essentially defined as wagon, tra wagon train to the stars. And by that I'm looking at, you know, you had to start the spaceship that even though obviously it ran, you know, pseudoscientific principles and had some actual math here and there, but it at the same time kept going from, you know, kept going out and defending areas on the fringe, or exploring new areas every so often, or, you know, it basically did a lot of military stuff. In a weird way, that actually, a lot of that actually puts it firmer into the western territory 
compared to the straight science fiction. So obviously there was a little bit of a combo there. You mean so when you start doing your own stuff, just be aware you can have a lot of fun when it comes to messing around with different things. Just putting that out there because some people get too much into the old well, I can only do one genre at a time and if I get too much into a particular genre I'm going to be stuck in that genre forever. No. You're only stuck in a genre for as long as you want to be stuck in that genre. So that's just something to consider before we get going hardcore. So, well, let's start off with what I'm going to call the mod genre modifiers. Specifically, political, comedy, drama, and time travel. While each one of those may appear to be a genre in and of themselves, each one of those actually helps define a particular storyline a little bit further. That is, if I'm doing something political, I can do it in any genre, from science fiction to western to comedy to whatever. Well, actually, I guess comedy is a bad one. Um, you know, I can do a, a horror as political. Actually, horror movies tend to have a little certain political elements in them. Just look at, say, the Friday the 13th series, where you definitely had people taking on a very conservative bent and showing that there are obviously problems with being way too conservative. Conversely, I can argue that the Nightmare on Elm Street series tends to be a little bit on the anti-liberal side because you had way too many situations where people were going way too often, you know, like how they were trying to cure the kids in some instances. Or the fact that they were looking at the kids being psychologically impaired or being otherwise limited by the parents when in fact they needed those limitations in order to do to basically survive. So when it comes down to it, political is probably one of the weirder of the modifiers and can actually be used to, to make a lot of really great points. And like I said, you shouldn't be limiting it to just a genre, you know, one particular genre. Comedy is another one. I by the way, before you go into comedy Make sure that you actually do have a sense of humor, which I know is sort of a jerk thing to say, but you've got a lot of really great comics out there where the person actually tries to throw in jokes every so often and they tend to fall flat. That is, the person just simply doesn't have the timing needed to throw up, to use the humor, or it just humor, comedy is just one of those really hard ones. Straight up, like Kenny Youngman said, dying is easy, comedy is hard. There's a lot more to it than just simply learning, you know, pratfalls or, in comedy's term, the rhythm of a four-strip comic. It can actually be really difficult, so unless you really are willing to study the comedy and learn what makes comedy work, don't worry about it. Throw it in occasionally. If it works, it works. But generally try to avoid comedy unless, you know, you're ready to go after improv. On the flip side, of course, and constantly linked in with it, is your good old drama. Drama's a little bit more serious, but it tends to explore more the human condition, whereas comedy tends to make fun of it. Which isn't necessarily a bad combination, especially if you can figure out a way to co uh, combine the two. And here's another reason I'm throwing them up as modifiers rather than straight genres, is because comedy and drama tend to do really, I mean, tend to do so well together that you're probably going to have a lot of elements of the two of them. I mean, you're going to have a comedy-type strip, but every once in a while you'll go straight drama and ignore the comedy. 
that shouldn't be a problem. I mean, a lot of strips have done it really, really well. I mean, just look at Peanuts, for example. On the flip side, you can always have occasional jokes into your drama. So, even though I know they sound like they'd be genres in and of themselves, consider them more or less things that help modify that. And, of course, I mentioned time travel as a modifier. That's because time travel can get really, really weird in all the right ways. Same with, to a certain degree, dimensional travel as well, so... But, let's keep it to time travel for the sake of this discussion. I know it sounds really weird to think of, say, a fantasy strip that's relying on time travel, but, you know, you can always have a situation where, instead of everything looking like it's a more primitive stage, you've got the really weird situation where you've got all this really high tech running around but it looks like magic to everybody as per the various Clark's laws. Same take, same taken. You can have a lot of, I mean obviously science fiction is going to have a little bit of time travel. It's one of the uh, perks of being able to do time, you know, science fiction in the first place. But you also see it in a lot of other places. Um, I'm also looking at the possibility of using flashbacks which, if done the right way, actually do qualify as time travel. Obviously, if I'm just simply describing the past, that's not time travel, but what I'm looking at, uh, especially with fantasy and westerns, is that the person will go into some sort of meditative trance and actually go back in time to where he is taking on the persona of one of his ancient ancestors, for example, or someone else in the way path. And that person is able to ensure that the timeline goes in the way it was supposed to in the first place or to otherwise affect changes. So, there are a lot of really weird ways. I mean, even horror, for example, has a certain time element to it when you realize that you've got a really a lot of really great stories where all this really bad stuff happens and then the person has a chance to go back and change, change things and then takes advantage of those changes to make sure whatever happened well didn't happen of course it's really cool is when the person goes back and accidentally ensures that the stuff he was trying to avoid happening actually does happen in the first place just so that when I'm seeing those four modifiers I'm looking at they're just things that are universal enough throughout the various genres that they should be considered more more of like an adjective than an actual noun, if you know what I mean. So, just sort of consider, like you said, have fun with it. When it comes to the genres themselves, well, things are going to get really weird. Oh, right. Sorry about this. One last modifier. Shonen versus Shoju. Um, in Japanese comics, aka manga, you've got this really cool thing that, especially when they, you basically have a lot of comics that are split into male versus female, specifically young male versus young female comics. Um, you need to sort of look consider that as well before you start having fun because each one of those has their own pluses and minuses. I mean, they do tend to get a little more black and white than other comics, but that's because they're exploring the perspectives of just 
the boys or just the girls. So that's something you also need to consider as well as what kind of perspective you're going to put into your comics. If each one of those two has very specific attributes to it, but they tend to influence a lot of other the actual genres. Um, teenage girls, for example, tend to be a little bit more soap opery. Um, tend to be a little more on the cute side. Even the violence tends to not be as graphic as it would be for, say, a boys' comic. The perception being is that girls don't like the violence and therefore try to avoid it. Whereas boys tend to, say, go full tilt into it. But, on the flip side, boys tend to be a little bit more aggressive. You're going to see a lot more sports. And you're also going to see a lot more shirts being taken off. That's because you're going to have things like locker rooms, a lot more swimming, that sort of thing. You know, it's just, there's sort of a weird situation going on between the Shonen versus Shoujo, and it's just something you might want to consider when you're doing your comic. And you're going to see a lot of that when it starts popping into other genres. So just something to consider. <laughs> as far as the genres themselves, well, things are going to get really weird really quick. Let's start off with science fiction. Obviously with science fiction there's going to be a lot of weird high tech. Um, you don't necessarily have to be like galaxy spanning like Star Trek or Star Wars. You just simply have to have some sort of strong technological aspect to it. A subdivision of science fiction is so-called speculative fiction. While speculative fiction is more of a what-if, essentially, they're trying to explore certain cultural themes, and the best way they can do that is by postulating a what-if scenario. You know, um, what if aliens invaded during World War II? What would have happened then? What were the cultural shifts that would have been employed? You know, would it have been easier for the various countries to repel them or harder? You know, um, one that's going around right now, for example, is what if people had to come out as straight rather than coming out as gay? Which, you know, the culture in those situations is predominantly, you know, uh, homosexual culture, but straight people actually are looked down upon and looked at rather strangely. You know, obviously it's trying to make the point of why do people have to come out in the first place? Which is always sort of a weird question when you think about it. The key here is that speculative fiction is going to be tending to more look at the cultural stuff, whereas straight science fiction is going to be looking at, well, the effect of technology on a culture. In some cases they'll probably ignore a lot of those effects and just simply go and look at, well, the science fiction in general. One, you know, you're sort of looking at the subtle difference between, say, Star Trek or Star Wars versus the Twilight Zone. Or, more accurately, if you really wanted to go look at something really cool, look at Outer Limits. Obviously, if we're talking science fiction, we're going to have to counterpoint that with fantasy. Fantasy tends to be more medieval, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Instead, you have more fantastic elements like... Um, supernatural characters, mages, werewolves, vampires, that sort of thing. That is, you've got things that are beyond the kin of normal man, instead of having a scientific explanation, they tend to have more of a magical one. 
This is really great if you just want to have a little bit of fun and cut loose. The other cool thing about fantasy is that the rules tend to be a little bit, well, murkier when it comes to doing things. So you can have somebody affected by a particular spell one day and not worry about the next. I mean, if what you're trying to look for is stuff that's, you know, a little bit on the more heroic side or even if you're trying to have a little bit more fun in the medieval era, fantasy is probably for you. The other major uh, time era that works is also westerns. Even though when we think westerns, we're usually talking, you know, America in the 1800s, especially on the west coast side, or cattle drives, or, you know, cowboys and um, old Native Americans. You can also do westerns in the modern era as well, or for that matter, obviously, in the future. The difference is that you're going to have a very strong opinion as far as law versus crime, you know. You can have it. This is one of those weird times where you can actually support a criminal, and it's sort of cool. I mean, who doesn't want to be Billy the Kid or Butch and Sundance? Or, you know, or even Annie Oakley. You're looking at people that are having a real high weapon ability, really depending on their vehicles and or horses, such as the case may be, and we're. we're where you stand as far as law versus crime is important. So yeah, I'm basically looking at the, if you go look at a, motor, a lot of your motorcycle dramas from the 60s, a lot of those are actually more really dressed up westerns when it comes down to it. They were just doing it with bikers instead of cowboys. So, you know, just like I said, genre tends to be a little on the fluid side. Don't feel like you're stuck in one particular area. <laughs> You're also going to have people who try to do absurdist comics. These are sort of fun because they tend to be really interesting thought experiments. And we're not just looking at the visual style of the comic itself. I mean, that's a major part of it, don't get me wrong. Where you have really weird characters all over the place, and rather than depending solely on um, humanoid types, you know, like straight humans or orcs or... Vulcans, you're basically just having fun and drawing weird characters. You know, you can have blue, purple, and green skin all over the place just to make a point. Or for that matter, don't worry about it. You're just doing it because it looks visually interesting. If you're someone who can more or less string together a really interesting line of logic that isn't necessarily tied to hardcore reality, absurdist might be something you might want to look into, especially if you're just looking for something that's going to be really interesting to draw. The only problem you'll have with an absurdist comic is keeping things reasonably consistent, and you're going to find that that consistency is something you need to really look into and keep up with. Otherwise, it's just random, and random sounds like fun, but it's just going to drive you crazy after a while. I mean, humans tend to look for patterns. That's just part of what we are. And if we don't see something having a pattern after a while, at least some sort, or just simply not going to be all that interested in it. So there is that to consider. Um, an interesting one is to consider is a police procedural versus noir. The difference here, both of them have the same basic concept. 
your character is trying to solve a crime, and you so you're gonna have to interview subjects, gather evidence, so on and so forth. However, where they differentiate is that whereas a police procedural is more interested in making sure that the bad guy gets caught, and that there's some sort of definite punishment there, they are, you know, they're pretty much bound by their own intrinsic rules, regardless of what those rules are. They're going to be more interested in being straight logical with less drama or comedy and worrying more just the facts. Just the facts, ma'am. That's it. A noir, on the other hand, you're looking more at the old um, private eye types, the Sam Spades, the Humphrey Bogarts. In essence, it's not just the catching of the crook and finding out who by the end of the story, but you're also trying to make some sort of cultural point. Or, you know, just have more fun with the drama or the comedy. In essence, the story is more important than what the actual facts are. And while we're at it, we're also going to throw murder mysteries into this particular area just to counterpoint the other two because murder mysteries tend to be a little bit more, I want to say dramatic, you know, mainly because you've got all these really specific things that need to be dealt with when it comes to the particular genre. I mean, you need to have... Obviously, you're going to have to have a, a suspect, a body, a suspect, and you're going to be able to have clues and a, a, you know, a couple of red herrings here and there. But what really sets apart the murder mystery is that, well, you're usually tr I'm hardcore on making the cultural points. That is, with police procedurals, you're just trying to prove that good does win over evil in the end. With the noir, you're trying to usually prove just the opposite, is that people's selfishness will tend to, tend to win out over their selflessness. You know, greed, revenge, all of these are much more important than convicting somebody. A murder mystery, on the other hand, is specifically set in particular settings in order to explore those settings and show the flaws of those settings. You know, this is one of the reasons you see them in, say, high-class environments all the time. A lot of people use the murder mystery to make a point versus class. Or if we're looking at, say, Scooby-Doo, you know, you're still looking at the class as a feature, but at that point you're actually looking at people who are trying to oppress others versus the oppressed. I mean, think about it. Almost all the major villains in Scooby-Doo, when it comes down to it, were people that were purposely trying to use the rules and other things in order to get people out of there in the first place and only resorted to the monster when they had a few holdouts. In essence, Scooby-Doo is dealing with a bully. Yeah, we just got serious. Um, another fun genre to look at is martial arts. With martial arts, obviously we're looking at, you know, some sort of weird martial arts and the various people who are training in these martial arts as the thing. This is where you get the real, this is almost the simplest genre to do just because it's got a very specific structure and you want to stay to that structure as much as possible. This doesn't mean you can't go away from it, but in essence, you're looking at, you know, you meet the good guy and the bad guy bad guy trumps the good guy at least it looks like it good guy has the train there's some sort of mini tournament good guy wins 
Good guy gets rewards. Good things happen to the area he's in. This doesn't necessarily mean that you have to stick it to, say, something as weird as Dragon Ball Z. You know, where you've got like 95% of the stories are, you know, some sort of tournament going on. They have to handle it right or it's going to get really boring really quick. Flip side, uh, look at something like, say, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender. You've still got martial arts that are going on there because you still have the interplay between the good guy and the bad guy that's really based on physical combat. And you also have that they do encounter each other directly or otherwise numerous times in order to show who's the better martial artist. And then eventually it ends up that there's one big fight and that's it. At least in theory. You can also have a lot of fun in the post-apocalyptic universe. Big problem, of course, is you're going to have to define what killed off the world. Once you do that, however, a lot of the rest of it pretty much gets easily defined right after that. Um, you're seeing a lot of post-apocalyptic stories because there's a lot of fun there to be had in terms of cultural um, cultural commentary. You know, did we go too far or did we not go far enough type of deal. Of course, you've also got the question of if you do remove all the rules and the government, what exactly is going to happen to the rest of us in terms of, you know, because a lot of those regulations were set up to protect us. All of a sudden you don't have those regulations, so there has to be some sort of weird way of looking at it. You know, what's going to happen to the people who were protected by those regulations? Obviously, we're looking at things like um, The Walking Dead versus, say, Mad Max versus... I hate mentioning the word, but Waterworld. You know, we're looking at, or even if you really want to go classic, um, Lord of the Flies, where essentially you've got a group of schoolboys that are taken away from culture and have to develop their own little thing going on. And it tends to, go, you know, go down to barbarism really quick. So, if you're trying to do a little bit of interesting. Uh, cultural commentary that may be something you might want to look into <laughs> um, another one that's sort of interesting is and tends to stack well with others is military I can probably make this more of a modifier than I could uh, genre but I think it deserves to be considered a genre because there's so many rules and regs that you have to allow for in the military and the really fun part is if you want to do it well you have to know what those rules and regs are. You can't just simply go, I really hate Barry, so I've decided to make this comic in order to take down the military. Trust me, nine times out of ten, those comics fell miserably. The person just simply can't sustain it over time. There's too much that starts looking like, does this person have a clue what the actual military does? So even though it really is really popular within a particular group of people, as far as more general audiences go, they're going to catch on really quick to, you know, if all you're doing is blasting the military and you're doing it by taking all the bad stuff without looking at a lot of the good stuff, they're going to know really quick. And your pop comic is going to die on the vine. Uh, another popular genre is video games. 
video games have two major strengths to them. First off, you're obviously not worrying about the genre as far as the base goes nine times out of ten because a lot of the video games tend to askew genres or mix them up hardcore. I mean, you've got some really classic um, webcomics that are based on video games like Penny Arcade and Mega Tokyo where the entire point is let's see how much we can make life look like an actual video game and let it go from there or make a lot of interesting commentary on video games and see what happens even though obviously there's a lot more comedy than there is drama here um, mainly because a lot of people are tending to make fun of what they see in video games and we're not just talking like you know the big broad strokes we're talking people are taking nuanced looks at very specific incidents that happen within video games and having some fun with them so again, if you're just trying to have some little bit of fun with your video your genre and you want to compare specific elements of various genres, this is probably the one you want to look at because it allows you to have a lot of fun. I mean, consider, say, Princess Peach versus Samus. We're talking two very strong women, but we're talking two women that are strong in different areas. And in all honesty... You know, there's a lot of fun. There would be a lot of fun comparing the two because you've got Princess Peach, who depends on her station in life as well as her physical appearance to do things, versus Samus Aran, who depends on a very big gun and very thick armor to get her job done. The counterpoint of those two is just all sorts of fun, and that's part of the draw of the video game genre. Um, another one is pretty common is the so-called slice of life what this is, is a lot more common it's a lot more common especially with uh, newer com comic people that's because it allows them to look at actual things happening in actual real life and expound on them a lot more and we're not just talking like the newest politics or the newest fashions but more universal truths such as dating um, sexuality you know, how people get along is a major issue here. I mean, sure, the people may have some sort of goal, and there's a thousand and one subgenres of it, like the boy band, you know, where you look at life as an up-and-coming rock star. Or the actor, you know, even looking at weird things like various talent shows. There's a lot of really cool things when it comes to the slice of life, and even though it can be the most boring, I mean, appear to be the most boring, there's a lot of weirdness going on there. Especially when you start looking at all the weirdness in real life. You know. You sure you've got family that sticks together for decades at a time. But the question is. Are those people sticking together because they have to? Or because they want to? Or some weird combination of the two? And how exactly are you defining family? Does it have to be genetic? Or can it also be based on who you. You know who you're attracted to. Or even just people you hang out with. There's a lot of really cool speculation available when it comes to slice of life type genres, and a lot of comics therefore tend to be based on them. I mean, you just look at your Sunday Funnies just once and see how much of that are, where the comedy comes not from, you know, the guy with the mohawk and a leather jacket, but from two people just interacting. So, and again, you're going to see a lot of that mixed in with a lot of other comics. 
that's that's why I'm sort of, that's another reason I'm pointing out you want to mix genres as much as possible because you're going to see a lot of really cool stuff develop. Yeah, I know it sounds like I'm running out of stuff, but another is uh, horror, and actually we're going to combine that look at thriller as well, suspense, because you know they're pretty much the same in a lot of ways. If you confuse them, and you have your comic listed as a thriller when it's actually a horror, yeah, people are going to end up making fun of you. Horror put simply is mankind's expression of the unknown put to the nth degree. We're looking at here. We're looking at things that go bump in the night. You want to go bump back. Horror is where you tend to be really scared of what could be out there versus what really is out there. That perception is 90% of the fun. In some cases, if you think it's something you can control but then find out you can't, or that you may have gone a little too far, or that there was some debate on whether or not, say, research should be shut down, 9 times out of 10, that's more of a horror comic. At the same time, you also have thrillers. These are more of your Friday the 13th types. That is, you have a very definite threat, and you've got to come up with a way to deal with that threat as quickly as possible or you will die. In fact, there's even a minor countdown. If you pay attention to, you know, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street, you'll notice that the people, in effect, adding are essentially countdown clocks. That as people die, you get closer and closer to the finale. You know, you have a very definite way of keeping track of how much time you have left by the number of bodies piling up. Weird way of looking at it, but that's you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a slasher. Uh, Dead on Arrival, DOA, is a really great example of another type of thriller where the person has, it knows he's dying, but he has 48 hours in order to figure out who killed him. If you want to let, if you want to lay him out, hey, give the guy uh, an antidote he's working towards, you know. The key here is that with thriller, there's a very definite ratcheting up of the of the stakes because just because of the passage of time, and the more obviously you can make that passage of time, so much the better. You know, like I said, you're going to see bodies crop up. That's just part of the genre. That's fine. That's actually that's cool, but you shouldn't be limited to just those kind of you know that kind of chronology. Um, technically. Back to the Future is more thriller than anything else. I mean, let's get real. You have Marty who's going through all this possibility of, you know, he's watching his body disappear in the photos. So he has a, and if he knows that if he doesn't act before his body's completely gone, he's never going to be born. So, the thriller doesn't have to be just, you know, a horror movie, what you consider to be a typical horror movie fair. It has to have something where the stakes are given, where the stakes are being increased over time, and usually life or death for someone. So, with all that into consideration, we're talking horrors, which are usually somewhat based on fear of the unknown, versus thriller, where they're just a ratcheting up of the suspense. And, of course, ironically enough, well, I guess we look at suspense movies as well. Um, I keep bringing Alfred Hitchcock into a conversation like this. But, 
suspense is sort of weird because you know what's basically going on. You know what the stakes are. You see the stakes being ratcheted up with, you know, obvious intervals. The only question is to what degree do you have control over them. And if you can assert control over your situation, you're going to be doing a lot better. Just because while I'm thinking about it, try to avoid, unless you can figure out some interesting twist on it, try to avoid... Um, poor, uh, I can never remember the name, sorry. Uh, gore porn, you know. Where basically the entire point is to cut bodies, bodies up and have fun with them. You did have one of those really cool things about Jonan Vasquez is that he had Johnny the homicidal maniac. Where the entire point was that, you know, Johnny would go on homicidal rages every so often and kill as many people as he could. Since there was a little bit of humor to it as well, I mean, very dark humor, obviously, but there was some very serious humor to it, it worked. The only problem is you have a lot of idiots who tried to copy this, and because you weren't quite understanding what was making Johnny the homicidal maniac so cool, they tended to, well, screw, screw it up big time. So, goes back to, it, if you can do the comedy, great. But otherwise, leave it to professionals. I mean, and obviously I'm just touching on a lot of basic genres here. There's obviously a lot more subdivision in there. Um, as well as a lot of other things that, you know, could go either way. Uh, you're seeing a lot of, you know, uh, LGBT type comics that are looking at, you know, life as a um, homosexual and how it differentiates from that of a, of a straight person. Um, in some cases, that difference is being totally forgotten about and they're just doing a slice of life comic that happens to have gay characters. This works. You know, and like I said, have fun combining because you can have a lot of weirdness. You know, there's absolutely no limit on what you can do when it comes down to it. It's just a matter of going in and saying, hey, this is what I'd really like to try. What are the 27 ways to combine this? I mean, look at the various different Star Trek series. Like I pointed out, the original series is pretty much a straightforward western, they just happen to be in spaceships. You know? You need a cavalry called? Call it the Enterprise. You you need a quick run of supplies? Enterprise, yet again. You know? There's a lot of really cool stuff going on with, in as far as the Western goes in the original series. DS9? Yeah, it's science fiction, no question, but it's also heavy military. I mean, obviously, all anything involving Star Trek is going to be military, but... DS9 is especially military because you've got the siege mentality. You've got the very definite good guy, bad guy based on politics, as well as a lot of espionage and all that going on. So obviously that's a science fiction military. Voyager, I hate pointing this out to you, but it's straight fantasy. I mean, you don't have to worry about the military structure so much, but you're looking at all this combination of, you know, near magic stuff happening every so often. You've got alien races popping up every so often. You've got a little bit of weird exploration with very definite quests going on. I mean, straight up, if there's any way this could be more broadly marked fantasy, 
it just happens to involve spaceships. You know what I mean? And of course, they have all the usual modifiers with a little bit of time travel, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's just a matter of trying to figure out how to figure out a genre that works for you. And like I said, you know, obviously, there's a lot of weirdness when you start combining stuff. At the same time, don't be afraid to stick to one genre. And with TV, you've got all sorts of great examples there. Um, X-Files is all over the place when it comes to horror and science fiction, for example. Um, you've got some comedies that... There's actually a term called dramedy, where you had slice-of-life type stuff going from extreme absurd comedy to actual hardcore drama. You know, so... I mean, even with police procedurals, you can work really great when you're doing between science fiction or magic. So don't feel like you're limited to just one particular genre. Explore. Have some fun. Do some research. Look at your webcomics you like. Figure out what genres they're in and how to combine it and have a lot of fun with it. And I just have some... Just see what can, you can possibly pull out. I can't emphasize that enough. This is not a... Well, I want to do something from... Because it's not a straight, you know, a la carte menu. This is not a... I can only have one of these things. I can modify it a little bit. But the bottom line is... I can have a steak and I can have a potato. I can have a salad. You know, I can mix up the kind of steak. I can mix up the steak, the kind of salad. I can mix up the potato. But the bottom line is, is that... You know... You don't have to worry about that. Think more Chinese menu. I want this from column A. Heck, I'll even take another thing from column A. Go over to column B and, hey, is there a column C I can look at? Excellent. That's the kind of thing you need to be looking at. If you want to do something that's in particularly one pure genre, you know, go for it. It's obviously it's not supposed to be a one-size-fits-all solution. Everybody's going to have something that really works really well for them. The goal is for you to find out what that is and go for it. If you want to create worlds that have a lot of really cool things going on, you might want to look more at fantasy than science fiction, for example. Um, if you want to look at explore good versus bad, you're obviously going to be looking at some of the Western elements. If, on the other hand, you're looking at you've got let me expand on the martial arts just to have some fun just to show you what kind of fun you can have with it with martial arts you're dealing with tournaments that are based on fighting styles right? alright so what would happen if instead of fighting styles I was looking at two people that were trying to develop different plots of land to see which method worked better or um, two different types of businesses that were from each other and there was a definite give and take between the two businesses or, you know, any kind of combination we've got where two people have a very methodical about what they're doing and they need a way to figure out how to look at it. You know, I don't care if you're looking at cooking. You know, the same basic concepts there. You don't have to be limited to the extreme basics of the genre. You can have a lot of fun with that. You know, obviously with martial arts, you don't have to limit yourself to, you know, what's better, Dragon Punch versus chimerical punch you know it's just a matter of figuring out what you can sub in 
that allows two people to conflict on a meaningful level and then just going balls to the walls on it. So, have some fun with the genre. Don't feel like you have to be stuck into one particular pigeonhole. You want to go after several pigeonholes? Go for it. Nobody's holding you back except yourself. So, decide on your genre because that's going to... And don't feel like you're going to be stuck with it forever. Just, you need something to get you writing. And the easiest way to do that is to basically go with a genre. So pick one, or several, or none. Just make a decision before you start writing. And you're going to find that your writing is going to be a lot more solid. So have fun. Talk to you later.